So I call the meeting to order. City of University Heights City Council meeting. Tonight is Tuesday, July 14, 2020. And uh, the meeting is being held by Zoom electronically. Um, roll call, as I said, we have four council present and Doug will arrive later. Approval of minutes. Uh, the minutes were circulated of June 9th. Are there any additions or corrections to the minutes? Hearing none, the minutes will be approved by unanimous consent. Okay, now we'll go to public input. Uh, City Council limits public input to five minutes. Any questions you may have may be answered later under committee reports. If not, someone will get back to you later on. Um, Chris, did you have something you told me you wanted to? Yes, I received an email, um, as I believe the council did, and I was asked to read this into the meeting, which I'm happy to do. Actually, I'm gonna take these off. Dear University Heights City Councilors, last month, the University of Iowa's digital scholarship and publishing studio launched a website mapping historical segregation in the Iowa City area. You can access the website here and a URL is listed. The interactive map included in the website clearly shows that University Heights had the highest concentration of segregated housing in the Iowa City area. In other words, what is now our city was an outlier in the region. In all, 241 lots in our city had race restrictive deeds. And again, a URL is listed. For context, the largest division, or excuse me, largest subdivision with race restric restrictive deeds was Cottage Reserve with 86. The language in the deeds includes that lots were for the sole use and benefit of the Caucasian race and no lot or parcel shall be sold, owned, or used or occupied by the people of any other race except when used in the capacity of a servant or helper. The deeds available through the above mentioned website can be directly assessed here and there are three URLs. A closer look at the deeds reveals the names of those behind them. For 218 of these lots, Lee Reka, I think is how you pronounce it, George and Tessie Kozer were responsible for the language, while for the remaining 23, L.R. and Elizabeth Lemer were responsible. These individuals are still honored with street names in our city, and there is even a recent article in the University City website, URL, paying homage to one of them, Lee Kozier, the city's first mayor who incorporated, incorporated University Heights in order to avoid paying taxes to support public schools. See D Daily Iowa, June 19th, 1935, page eight, URL noted. Note that the housing seg segregation was legal in the state of Iowa until the 1960s. I call on the city to consider honoring these individuals whose names are on our street because they own the land to reconsider honoring these individuals whose names are on our streets. Mainly, they own the land on the eastern side of University Heights. They were responsible for the largest concentration of legally enforced segregated housing in our area and were therefore outliers in their time in setting up segregated housing. Their language would have prevented my family and many other U Heights families from living in our homes. It is time for change. I would like to hear back from you with concrete eyes ideas on how to address this issue 
Best regards, Juan Pablo Urcad. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I understand that uh, Sylvia would like to speak and also Jay. Uh, Sylvia, would you like to speak now? Yes, thank you. Um, council, tonight's council package uh, provides no update on the council's intent to implement 100% Ordinance 235. The city is now about, 12, uh, about 11 months out of compliance with the ordinance. In the meantime, other cities and enforcement agencies are looking to University Heights model ordinance for guidance in this period of reform. What, remind, what remains to be implemented is not the responsibility of the city attorney or the police chief, but action from the council. At this point, inaction equals opposition to Ordinance 235 because doing nothing prevents the ordinance from being fully op operational. Because of your inaction, council, the Citizens Advisory Board has not received training, has no procedures, and there's no public notice for persons to file complaints. I'm not here tonight to urge you to take action. I'm here to remind you that you have a legal duty to keep the city in compliance with its own ordinances, especially those that concern civil rights. Uh, thank you, Sylvia. Uh, Jay, would you like to speak now? Would you introduce yourself to the council, Jay? Yeah, uh, I'm Jay Spadrine. Uh, I have a relatively minor issue. I just wanted clarification on uh, smoke detectors for rental properties. I've talked to both uh, Terry and Brian. They are going to require, and, and I agree with uh, the requirement, to have uh, interconnected. So if one goes off, they all go off. I uh, search for units that have that feature plus both the photoelectric and the ionization uh, features. Uh, photoelectric and ionization. One detects smoldering fires, the other detects uh, hot blazing fires. I can't find any unit that has both, both those detections, interconnectivity, and is battery operated. Uh, there are ones that are available that you can hardwire in, which is about $600 worth of electricians work plus the cost of the units. So, uh, I've asked both Terry and Brian if it wouldn't be better to have both those sensors, but they said basically pick one or the other, get an interconnected unit and forget about it. Uh, I, I just don't see that as being the optimum decision when it's a safety issue. So I, I don't have a solution because I can't find a unit again. So if you, as the council, could uh, find something that fits the bill and, and uh, make that available to us landlords, I'd, I'd be willing to spend money. I'm not trying to get off cheaply. I'm trying to do right by my tenants. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Jay. Uh, would anyone else like to speak to the council tonight? Okay, we'll go on to um, mayor's report. Uh, the hotel project i don't see that jim glasgow's here tonight yet so we'll go on from there uh he did send a couple pictures so maybe he's running late okay farmer's market update 
the farmer's market has been a great success uh, so far. Uh, I've encouraged masks and a lot of people wear masks and there's uh, hand sanitizer on both ends and they're stationed uh, six to eight feet apart and people uh, patrons have been very good about going up and selecting something and waiting in line and then going up there so that they're not all clustered together. And it's been improving every week. And uh, uh, Troy, did you want to say anything about it? Troy's been uh, helping with the market, the police, and I, and I see that Troy is on, but maybe he's not there right now but anyway it's been a, a good success and so far since it is safe we're going to continue but uh, if something changes we might have to discontinue it but so far the vendors are happy and the people are happy that they feel safe i've talked to them about it um, then um Discussion of council goals and next steps. I want to defer that until later when Doug arrives. So we'll do that later on. And uh, then I have consideration of motion to appoint Mike Haverkamp as temporary city clerk and provide compensation for his services. I'm sure most of you know Mike Haverkamp. He's here tonight and he is uh, working with Chris at um, at uh, being her temporary help while Chris undergoes, she gave me permission to say she's having carpal tunnel surgery, one on one hand and then two weeks later on the other hand. And so uh, I wanna present to you consideration of motion to appoint Mike, Mike Haverkamp. And I propose that he be paid at $18 per hour. So moved. Moved by Casey and second by Sarah. Uh, discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. Motion's carried. Okay, then I, I wanna talk about... Um, hey, can I uh, just, I'll just jump in really fast, Louise. Thank you. Oh, Mike Haverkamp, okay, sorry. Thanks everybody. Um, can I get Jay's last name? I'm helping Chris with the minutes and I didn't catch it. When Jay oh, spoke yes. earlier. I'll send you it to you. That please. <laughs> uh, S is in Sierra. Mm -hmm. P-E-C-K-E-E-N is in November. P-E-C-K-E-E-N, perfect. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> thanks everybody. I'll, I'll be helping out as, as Chris needs it and look forward to working with everybody again. And I want to thank everyone for approving this. Um, my hands have gotten much, much worse because of the pandemic. So I thank you all. We wish you the best, Chris. Thank and you. And a speedy recovery. Thank you. Um, and then the last thing I have is I wanted to make a request for council to set up a special committee. After reading the newspaper from uh, June 19th and seeing an article in the Press Citizen about uh, the, that the city of Iowa City had restrictive covenants in parts of Iowa City that prohibited 
sales to occupancy by black people. I talked to Pat Yege, the city historian, and Steve Ballard, and discussed, reviewed some of the history of University Heights and the founders. And instead of going over that history right now, I want to suggest to council that uh, they form a special committee to review the history and uh, review the names of the, of, the, of the streets and make recommendations to the council as they see. And I see a committee of maybe two council members, Pat Yagi, the city historian, which I didn't tell her about, and uh, also uh, interested citizens who live on Lemur, Coser, maybe, plus other citizens, interested citizens who lived here a short time and long time. Uh, what does the council think of that? I support that. Get some community members to kind of get together and, um, you know, think about, you know, research more of the history and make recommendation on, on what we should do. Um, is anybody right now think they're interested in serving council member interested in serving on that? Can they tell me right now? And I know Doug's not there to say either, but if you don't want to say right now, I'll work on it the next week and then we can put out uh, uh, volunteers that we want from the city uh, residents and people who live on the streets and other people interested in studying this further. Is that okay with the council? Yeah, uh, Louise, I'd be interested in being on the committee. Okay, this is Casey. And, and I also wanna, is it JP who wrote that letter? Yes, it's JP. Yeah, I, I just wanna uh, commend him for some nice research. I, I certainly wasn't aware of this and I, I find that, you know, it, uh, university heights being segregated is kind of appalling. And I'm really glad that uh, we're going to have people on it that don't just live on uh, Coser or Lemur Court, you know, they have a few other people because, you know, it, it will be, there'll be some work to be done by those folks. And, and I think we need a little bit uh, more comprehensive a committee. So are you going to set up a time uh, later or uh, how do you want to do that? Uh, council can get back to me this week and then I'm going to ask for volunteers today at the meeting and also put it on the website. But I'm also going to reach out to some uh, longtime residents who live on Coser and Lemur, you know what I mean? And so okay, yeah, okay. Just keep me informed, uh, keep me in the loop and I'd be happy to uh, serve. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Okay, we'll move ahead with that. Um, Okay, so then the next uh, uh, thing is legal report. And before uh, I want to start, instead of first consideration to number 447, I'd like, or 247, I'd like to talk about consideration of resolution 2017 approving certificate of completion of renovations for 24 Olive Court. I see Steve Gordon is present and uh, Steve Ballard, it's part of your legal report. Did you want to make a comment first? 
I'd be happy to. Uh, don't want to repeat too much. Some of the uh, new incoming or the new new council members. I'm not sure how uh, apprised you were of the process, but <clears throat> the city acquired these two properties from uh, the, the hotel developer as part of the approval process uh, of the hotel project, and then the city um, did a competitive RFP process and appointed a council appointed a committee which scored applications. Uh, ultimately made the recommendation to the council that both properties, um, uh, 23 and 24 Isle of Court, be sold uh, by the city to um, to uh, uh, Steve Gordon and Frank uh, Wagner's entity. And, um, and then there were certain spe specified improvements uh, that had to be done to the uh, units before then the city would permit them to be resold. And in addition, uh, one of the conditions of resale was um, a covenant uh, recorded with, with the Johnson County recorder that prohibits a further rental uh, permit for the allowed length by Iowa law, which is 21 years. Uh, anyway, so 23 out of court, uh, everything was done uh, by the original deadline of uh, December 31, uh, 2019, and uh, the council approved and then that, that property home has been sold. 24 Isle of Court, the developers uh, or the owners uh, asked for some additional time to complete the improvements. That was granted in, um, I believe, December of 2019. And uh, the deadline was July 1 of 2020. Uh, all the improvements now have been done to the satisfaction of uh, Terry Gert, city building official. And uh, I think I, I'll, I guess I'll let Casey speak, but I think he reviewed the, the improvements as well. And um, so the recommendation is to approve uh, the improvements uh, as they've been completed, the renovations, and uh, kind of give a sign off so that then the owners can go ahead and market these, this property and, uh, and sell it. Okay, so consideration of resolution number 2017 is before you. Motion approval of, of, of that resolution. Is that Lisa? Yes. Lisa, thank you. I'm sorry. Um, Lisa made the motion. Is there a second? I can second. Second by Bobby. Okay, discussion. Well, Lisa and I went and saw it on Monday because we were uh, saw the before and it's uh, pretty amazing from before to after. And it's a really nice home. And uh, even though some of the bedrooms are small, the master bedroom's large. I mean, you know, those little houses have some small bedrooms. But it's, it has a very large kitchen over the garage. And it used to have a little tiny galley kitchen. It, it looks very nice. Um, did you want to comment, Lisa? I don't know. I just wish they could have all seen it before. You'd be amazed. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, okay, there, uh, there's any other further discussion at all? Okay, roll call vote. Cook. A. Moore. Aye. Sullivan. Aye. Scott. Aye. Swales. Not here. Okay, it carried. Harry, okay. thank you. Opportunity, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you. So, thank you, Steve. Okay. Steve, I'll, I'll get that document to you. This is Steve Ballard. Yeah. 
That sounds good. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, now, Steve, we have first consideration of ordinance number 247. I know you, put, you talked about it thoroughly in your report, but <laughs> you're a starting point, and we also have uh, Brian here. Did I see? Oh, there's Brian. Okay. Hi, Brian. So Brian's here for rental housing questions or clarifications too. So uh, the so the ordinance uh, as of yesterday has been presented to you in two alternate forms. Uh, both forms of the ordinance uh, no longer require um, landlords to obtain information and provide that to the city uh, concerning their tenants' name and age and educational status. Um, uh, landlords aren't required to say who's responsible for mowing the lawn and so forth. Um, rooming houses remain uh, prohibited. Commercial property, excuse me, commercial parking remains prohibited. And then there are various changes to the rental housing application forms um, that I won't go through, but I listed in my report and the council discussed and uh, directed uh, at the last uh, meeting in June. So both versions of the ordinance have those things. And then uh, the first version that I circulated uh, uh, kind of ends there, I guess I would say. And then the, se the second version then makes changes to uh, regulations uh, related to radon uh, testing and uh, the implementation of radon mitigation uh, strategies if, if they're necessary. Um, the current state of the law says that, uh, and this was adopted in February, and it says that anybody who wants a new rental permit uh, won't get that permit until they, they show uh, Brian that they have a test showing, uh, you know, less than four, I don't know what the word is, picules per liter, the, the, the standard of uh, radon, or if they, if they exceeded that, that they put in a radon mitigation system, and uh, then they have to provide a test, I think it's 90 days later. Um, and if you're renewing a rental permit, um, as opposed to having a new one, you really have a year, uh, a, a year and a half from the time it was enacted, but a year from now, it would be the 2021-2022 rental uh, year. By that time, you have to do what I just said about testing and radon mitigation. So uh, as, as you also saw, uh, Casey raised the question about, you know, it seems a little soon or too quick or perhaps abrupt, I don't know what the right word is, to require the, the new permits, permit applicants to get all that work done before the permit will issue. Couldn't we just kick that to the same deadline as the renewals and make it a year out from now? So the second version of 247 uh, does just that. It, it, it just extends that deadline for new and renewal permits basically until the 2021-2022 rental year. And so those are your alternate 247. So obviously if you have questions to me about any of it, let me know. But otherwise my suggestion is that, you know, you have a discussion and, and you know, whoever makes a motion, I would just encourage you for Mike and, and, um, and uh, Chris and, and everyone else uh, to be clear if you're, if you're moving adoption of the initial 247, uh, which doesn't say anything about radon or the alternate version, which does. Uh, 
And you also suggest if yeah. you want this for the rental permit period that you collapse the vote. I, I did, thank you. I, I did say that. We talked about that last month. The council's talked about these things for several months and uh, you know the time for uh, reviewing and, and um, uh, approving rental permits is upon us. So uh, if, if you want these changes in, in place for the upcoming 2020-2021 rental permit year, uh, that would be my suggestion that you consider that collapsing. I've got a couple of comments, Steve, um, and I, I'm, I guess it depends on where the council's headed on this. Um, but I thought I thought it was a little abrupt, and I thought it could be consistent with a, a renewal permit. And I, I did a little research to just find out how serious the uh, radon problem might be, and um, it's it's uh, supposed to be the supposedly it is the second leading cause of lung cancer in the United States. But to put it in perspective, uh, smoking kills 480,000 uh, US citizens a year, and uh, um, radon kills 21,000. So it's 480,000 versus 21,000. And secondhand smokers, for example, uh, die at the rate of 41,000. So it's a it's a uh, it's a significant problem, but but I think that uh, the rental permit and being able to get tenants in their units is kind of important right now, and I don't think there's any reason to put further stress on landlords. Finally, I'm a little concerned at uh, I've talked to a couple of landlords, and it's it's not all that easy to get somebody to install radon in case the the, you're above the test line. And I was concerned about there being a bottleneck and, and it being a ordinance that we just couldn't, couldn't really enforce. And for all those reasons, um, I think we should give them the same grace period that we're giving the uh, renewal permits. So Casey, you're not, you're just proposing delaying that requirement, essentially. Not, That's right. Not removing, yeah, keeping the radon testing requirement, but just. Yes. Absolutely, sir. And Steve, just to clarify, that's the second option that you sent, correct? That's right. Yep, that's the alternate version, correct. Alternate, that's the word you called it. Yep. That's the alternate version. Okay. So Casey's suggesting the alternate version. Um, Brian, did you want to make any comments uh, since you're here at the meeting? I appreciate you attending. Uh, I know you've been working with Steve and Terry and Casey and Chris on this. Um, do you have any comments you'd like to make? No, I mean, it's a uh, hope. You know, the goal, I think, with all the forms and disclosures was just to try to make it a little easier on everybody. And it looks like we're accomplishing that. As far as the radon, you know, courtesy to give it another year, I don't see an issue with that. But also on another side note, most of the properties I've been to already does have radon in place. So, you know, I don't know if the bottleneck's going to be there, but another year, I, I think, would be adequate. Brian, this is Steve Ballard. When you say radon's in place, you mean a radon, radon mitigation system? Correct. Okay. 
you know, there seems to be a lot of properties that already have it in place. But again, not knowing the backflow of some of the testing companies, you know, another year would be what I feel would be adequate for everybody. Chris Anderson, I know you've been working on this too, and you've been orientating Mike Haverkamp on it. Do you, uh, do you want to make any comments about, you know, you think it's an improvement and, or not? Uh, no, I, I'm very pleased with how we have pared the forms down. Obviously, we need to get important information, contact information, and it is for the safety of the tenants. I just want to reiterate, since Mike is helping me, that we need to have hopefully a resolution tonight. Okay, so. So outside of the changes that had to be made to the form in the ordinance, is there any chance that we could get these forms on one page by putting links like to garbage recycling? I think I asked this in the last meeting, but. We had I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We had concerns about uh, the size of the paper two years ago. So I have no problem with links being utilized. Uh, obviously, we want to direct people to our website. Uh, we still want to make it readable, and it's going to be a fillable PDF as well as being on the website as a, a form that will go through a workflow process. So I'm open to anything that streamlines it even more just as long as I don't have to type. <laughs> Do you have any, any ideas on what that additional streamlining might be, Chris? I think the uh, links that Lisa was referring to, uh, those will be helpful. Um, as Steve stated in his email, he, he isn't into formatting Word documents, so Mike and I will work on that together. And it's just paring it down so that people I think more and more people are, are doing things online. They don't want to type things out necessarily or definitely write things out, and I can attest to that. So anything that we can make the ability to drill down and get further information, I think that would be helpful to everyone. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Uh, if council wants to move forward with this uh, and get it done, it would, the voting for collapsing the vote will have to be done first and Steve sent that motion if you're interested in. in so that. I move to suspend the requirement that a proposed ordinance be considered and voted upon for passage at two council meetings prior to the meeting at which it is to be finally passed. Motion by Lisa, is there a second? I'll second the motion. Second by Casey, okay. Uh, discussion? Okay, so we need a roll call vote for this. Uh, we're voting on alternative uh, two. I'm collapsing. We're voting to collapse first. Just to first collapse. First, you're just voting to I, collapse. Yeah. All right, sorry about that. Okay, go. Okay, Moore. Aye. O'Sullivan. Aye. Scott. Aye. No, Doug. Cook. Aye. Carried. Okay, so now it's uh, ordinance number 47, uh, amending Appreciate number 110 with respect to several items, including specifying responsibility of property maintenance and replacement for rental housing permit applications. And you need to 
define if you want to do the that the first one or the alternate one for the motion. I'd make a motion to uh, um, in favor of the alternate version that allows the uh, new permits to have 12 months. Okay, there's a motion by Casey. Is there a second? I'll second. Sarah, got it first. Sarah seconds. Okay, discussion. Okay, roll call vote. O'Sullivan? Aye. Scott? Aye. Cook? Aye. Moore? Aye. Carried? Okay, now Steve and Chris and Mike, you're going to work together with Brian and. Right and get the form all together? Correct. Okay, very good. Uh, are there any other questions for Steve Ballard under legal report? Okay, we'll go on to, I see that Jim Glasgow joined and welcome Jim. And so we'll go back to you and you're gonna give a report about the hotel update and you sent two photos Right. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. Do you want to bring those up uh, right now, Jim? Yeah, you can bring those up. Okay. We had a drone go over the hotel, so one of these is a picture from the drone. And uh, this picture, yeah, there's there's the drone picture. So that shows you the, the brickwork that we're starting on the railroad track side of the building. And uh, we're... Uh, putting mortar in that right now. And we're also paving back uh, around the garage area in the back. Uh, All American Concrete is there right now paving some of the back areas. So we're moving along pretty well. Uh, we've, we've got uh, some of the uh, limestone planks. There, there's kind of a vertical slab plank that goes on alongside the brick there and we've got some of that on the back side of the building too so it's you're not going to be able to see that from the street or anywhere else but it's uh it's, it'll be pretty impressive when it's all done uh the the drone picture there you can see the the roof and that that little uh, projection at the very top of the of the building that's actually a, a door there it's a hatch uh, for the firemen to come out on, on the roof if they ever need to um, you can go to that that next picture then. So there's Peter Harmon and his designer. They are actually standing up on the rooftop restaurant area there, and that's that is the uh, main the main area of the restaurant. Uh, it's where the bar actually goes. So that we we fireproofed the ceiling. The material that's on the uh, steel trusses there is actually a fireproofing material. And then that gets sprayed with another coat of, of sealer, and then it'll be painted like a dark um, black, probably, or very dark color. And the, and the ductwork and, and more mechanical systems will go in from there. So the, other than that, that's that's where we are right now. I'm, I'm not going to go on too much longer. The, ne the next time, we'll have uh, some pretty impressive pictures, I think, with... Um, the quite a bit of the brickwork done on the railroad track side and uh, and and quite a bit more paving done too so if any, any questions on uh, where we're at 
Thank you very much, Jim. Okay. All right. We'll see you next month. See you next month. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Bye. Bye. And so now we'll move down to the city clerk report. I sent out my extremely lengthy city clerk report and the updated building permit spreadsheet. Once we start to get back rental permits, uh, we start over every year and you will get a new spreadsheet once we start to get those back. Happy to answer any questions that you may have. Uh, the next item I have up for consideration is Maggie's liquor license renewal. Did Everything was fine. All, yeah, did you receive all the paperwork? All the paperwork was fine. Uh, Police Chief Kelsey did a background check. That was fine. So I recommend that we approve. You don't think uh, Jerry Zimmerman is kind of a shady character, uh, Chris? I don't think that he makes the taco pizza enough, but that is a personal preference. <laughs> all right. Well, Jerry's a good friend of mine, but I, I just, you know, his character, I don't know. We'll just tell them to make the taco pizza more and more. All right, all right, I'll but pass that on. Well, everything. They do, make, they do make good cocktails, so we need to prove this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, is there a motion to uh, approve the liquor license renewal? I'll motion. Okay. I'll second. And second by Casey. Motion by Bobby and second by Casey. All in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed, say no. Okay, motion carries. Okay, well, good luck, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> As you move forward here. Okay, uh, we have the city treasurer report and she gave an updated report um, with the corrected a few typos from the warrants. Are there any additions to the warrants? Uh, hearing none, and if there's no objection to paying the bills, the bills will be paid by unanimous consent. Thank you. Uh, Lori, did you want to say anything or? Okay, I don't see Lori now. She just texted me. She's having problems oh, hearing okay. and may have started over. She's, okay. she's rejoining right now. Oh, here, connecting to audio. Well, well, there she goes. You can ask Lori, her. did you have anything you wanted to add? I'm assuming not, but we can go back to you if you're having audio problems. Uh, so now we'll go to the committee reports. And the first one is um, the community protection and Chief Kelsey and Sarah O'Sullivan. Um, Chief, do you want to start? Sure. Can you hear me now? Yes. I apologize. I'm traveling, so I am audio only. Uh, hopefully you all received my report to council. I'd just like to highlight a few items. Uh, you mentioned farmers market earlier, Mayor, and yes, uh, I think that is going well. Uh, people have been very appreciative of, of the safety measures we're trying to put in place and the monitoring, so I think that's going well. Uh, I I'd sent out a packet of information earlier on a, a work session that the University Heights Police Department along with the NAACP hosted. Uh, it was for law enforcement leaders, uh, prosecutors, 
and NAACP representatives at the local, state, and federal level of each of those organizations. It was not for media consumption. Uh, politicians were not invited. Uh, the only elected official that was in attendance was Janet Linus as the county prosecutor. But it was meant to be a work session, not, not something on the front page. And that went very, very well. Uh, we have a good relationship with the NAACP, both locally and at the state level. It was good to build on that to, to kind of uh, restate that we have had that relationship and, and value that relationship and that uh, we, we will continue, we have, and we'll continue to work behind the scenes or, or on the front lines to, to make changes. I think the police departments in this area have done a very, very good job large part due to that partnership. If we failed, it's maybe in that we have not, uh, we've, we've too much in my opinion now looking back and we have too much in my opinion uh, acted locally, you know, I mean, think globally, act locally. And we haven't necessarily shared some of our excess, successes or, or farmed those out to other communities and, and other law enforcement agencies. We are working to rectify that through the Iowa Police Chiefs Association. Uh, as Sylvia Quezada already commented, as far as other communities and agencies looking to University Heights, that is absolutely true. We have worked with Urbandale here in the last month. Uh, just this week, I was invited by the governor's office to participate in a, in a forum uh, on those type issues uh, to include anti-racial profiling ordinances, citizens review boards, uh, collection of data and analysis, basically self-reflection and transparency and accountability. So and we have made really good steps. I think the, uh, I was very, very pleased with the work session. And kind of just as a highlight coming out of that, uh, we signed a memorandum of understanding on duty to intercede. I would like to think that my officers and the other officers locally would have done that anyway, but now it's no longer a question of me thinking that I have good stand-up officers. This is now a requirement, and it's a, a formal and binding memorandum of understanding that all local agencies signed. Uh, that was in the packet, and I would ask the council, I mean, I as police chief signed it for our agency, but I would ask the council uh, formally recognize it and and approve that commitment or, or, or restate their commitment to have that be binding also. And that's consideration of resolution number 2018 that's uh, ratifying and approving Chief Trel. Troy Kelsey's execution of a memorandum of understanding with other law enforcement organization in Johnson County concerning jurisdiction to intervene if unreasonable force is observed. Uh, that resolution is before you. Uh, is there a motion? I'll make the motion. Motion by Sarah. I'll second. Second by Lisa. Discussion? I'd like to say say something, Louise. Um, first of all, I, I want to commend Chief Kelsey for being so proactive on this, and I was very intrigued. I think it was George Floyd's uh, cousin who contacted uh, him or the group and said that it should be uh, an ordinance that should be considered nationally 
and it really gets gets at the fundamental problem, which is uh, police brutality. So uh, that's I just think that's great work, and I'm proud to uh, support it tonight. Thank you, Casey. Any other discussion? Um, roll call vote. Scott. Aye. Cook. Aye. Moore. Aye. O'Sullivan. Aye. Carried. Okay. You can continue, Troy. Thank you. I'm not going to go item by item this month uh, because I'm not sure how long I'll be able to maintain a connection. But if there are any questions, if you've read through the report and have any questions, I'll be glad to answer them. I would like to skip down to um, item number I, property disposal or sale. We are now into the new fiscal year. I have moved forward with, I mean, this is something that we discussed during the budgetary process as far as disposition of vehicles. The 2017 Ford Explorer, that transaction was finalized and the city of Tipton has paid us for that vehicle. Uh, the other two vehicles, and this has already been discussed by council, but the other two vehicles I will now move forward uh, with selling and likely at this time they will be posted to a, to a government vehicle uh, site. That's, the most likely way that those will be disposed of. We also have some property at the police department, uh, two firearms that were, that were purchased at some time prior to me to patrol shotguns uh, and were used. Those, those are not currently deployed. We, I have one officer that takes it out because we have them, but it's not equipment that I consider necessary for operations. And I would like to dispose, to sell each of those. I would have to go through uh, a license, the federal, federal, somebody who possesses a federal firearms license because those are restricted items. I had made preliminary contact with Cedar Valley Outfitters in Marion and, and they would be agreeable to, to purchasing those and then some, they would resell them and, and take a profit for them, I'm sure. But I would like permission to go ahead and move forward with exploring that option. I think between the two shotguns, I'm hopeful that, I know it's just pennies, but I'm hopeful that I can add $1,000 to the city's general fund. We also have two older uh, bicycles that were used as patrol bicycles. Our bicycles have been updated during the last year and a half. Uh, I no longer have a need for at least one of those. Uh, potentially both of them I could dispose of. But again, I'm, I'm not sure that I can get much more than $100 or a few hundred dollars for either of the bikes, but I would, I'd like to have permission to go ahead and, and move forward with disposing of that property and, and any, any income from that sale be deposited into the general fund. Okay, could I have a simple motion to dispose for Chief Kelsey to dispose of the firearms and the bicycles? Uh, that was moved by Bobby. And second? Second. Second by Sarah. Okay. Uh, discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed say no. Okay, motion carries. And the last thing that I would comment on is, again, something that it ties into Ordinance 235 that uh, Sylvia brought up. We, the Police Department did begin collecting data earlier this year. I had conversation within this last month with Professor Barnum about analyzing that data as part of the as part of this normal cycle that he employs with the Iowa City Police Department. He's more than willing to do that. We also had a discussion where 
this would only be a partial data set this first year and that that as far as any fees that we might pay uh, for that year's analysis, if that partial data set might be uh, treated somehow differently as far as actual billing. Uh, Professor Barnum agreed to draft a memorandum of understanding so that we can kind of work out those details once I receive that. And Chris and I, Professor Barnum and I work through that uh, so that we're on the same page. I will then forward it to uh, Steve Ballard to make sure that it meets the city's needs. Uh, I had communication today with Councillor Moore, who and I was, this was not known to me because I wasn't around when the process happened, but she said that council actually had a similar discussion as far as that partial year's data and, and first report to council would be full years of data and meaningful data. So I, regardless, we're collecting the data, it will be analyzed, but <clears throat> I am, I think, mirroring what council wished done with that data. So that's all I have. If there are any questions about anything that's in my report or anything else that is happening, I'll be glad to ask, answer them either now or in future conversations. Any questions for Chief now? Okay, thanks again, Chief, for uh, traveling and talking to us. All right, Hi. thank you. It was good to get out of town for a week. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Um, uh, if we'll go ahead and go to streets and sidewalks, uh, Josiah, you sent a um, a report. Would you like to talk now? I don't see Doug yet. Um, uh, yeah. You like can everybody hear me? Report? Thank you. Can you guys, can you guys hear me? You yes. You know. I don't know if you heard that, Josiah, but yes, we can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes. Now, when I you're can. talking. <laughs> uh, I'm having trouble hearing you guys now. Oh, okay. Can you hear us now? I'm going to keep talking nonsense a little bit. Can you hear me? Okay, now I can. Okay, Sorry. very good. Okay, yeah, so um, let me pull up my report here. I'll go through the items briefly and feel free to ask questions. Uh, the first one's all of court construction. So the big news is that the uh, permeable pavers, the installation of those got back underway yesterday. And uh, I'd say maybe 85% of them are in were installed today. Uh, the contractor had indicated they'd need through Wednesday to get that done. So. Hopefully the weather allows them to get back in tomorrow and finish that up. Um, so, the, so once they're done, essentially, you know, we're down to just a few things on that project, like um, basically bringing in the topsoil, obviously, that uh, to fill in those areas between the street and the new sidewalks, uh, placing sod, putting up some signs, um, and then eventually planting some trees, all those I expect the tree planting will be a little bit later uh, once the weather's um, more suited for that. And the other thing that is planned for next week, and this is part of the uh, the memorandum of understanding, I think that University Heights and Iowa City uh, agreed upon to share some costs with this, but the Iowa City crews will be on site next week. 
their own crews are going to be doing some work to finish out the tops of the sanitary manholes in the street. So that should be happening. Uh, the, the project is supposed to be substantially complete on August 7th. Um, as I noted in the report, they've got about three to four weeks left. Um, like, and like I said, the planning of the trees will probably be after that. Uh, any questions from anybody on the Olive Court construction? Okay. Um, I had correspondence today with uh, LL Pelling on coming back to finish up the pavement markings that they started uh, in May. Um, I'm still waiting for a schedule, but that's still on their on their agenda. Um, the concrete panel replacements on Melrose and Kerger Avenue. Um, I've also talked to BWC and All American Concrete because uh, they were issued those as an addendum to the Olive Court project. Again, those both of those are expected to happen here in the next month or so. We had also were looking at asphalt work at the intersection of uh, Mahaska and Oakrest. And uh, so we had looked at that with some asphalt companies and uh, realized that that touches the sidewalk curb ramps as well, which are not in compliance. So um, we're revising those drawings to also replace those. And that's part of the, your uh, requirements for ADA compliance is when you, if you repair a street and you touch something like that and it touches the curb ramps, you have to update them as well. Again, they're, based on their schedule, I'm still anticipating that can happen um, this summer. Um, probably, so the next big street project for next year is, that, is the Golf View Drive parking area and drainage improvements. Um, that's still on track to be designed uh, later this year, bid in the winter and construction starting next spring. Uh, we have not started design work for that yet. and. Uh, Again, the first thing that you'll see is uh, surveyors out on site uh, getting survey of the existing conditions. Uh, Verizon Wireless, this is a follow-up to the small cell um, application that was received. Um, so we've been in contact with them to issue their permit for that work. Uh, one of the things I was trying to find out was scheduled and uh, what they provided was that there's gonna be two sites, Kosher and Oakcrest, that they're targeting for the month of January, 2021. And the other two, Grand Avenue and Highland, they have that targeted for the month of January, 2022, following year. Uh, and finally, just an update on your, your MS4 stormwater permit. Uh, that's your permit from the DNR to have a storm sewer system. Uh, part of that permit is to inspect um, a portion of the storm sewer every year. It's on a rotating basis. And so this year we're back to the Melrose storm sewer system. And the second item there is that it's been a while, but um, in the past we've done a survey uh, where we take a look at all the stormwater intakes and then see which ones still have the, the no dumping drains to river stickers on them. Uh, they wear out or, or fall off over the years. And so um, We'll get a new round of that going this year. That's all I have to report. Any questions for Josiah? 
I, I've got a question, uh, Luis. The uh, the manhole on um, um, Melrose that's over by our 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 uh, um, our small commercial district that's that's had a lot of trouble. Is that something that is going to be done with part of the golf view improvements, uh, Josiah, or uh, what's the status of that? Because I know that I always have to kind of go around it a little bit because it's it's uh, it's it's a bit of a hole right now. That's the one right by the vacant lot, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that repair is supposed to happen soon. Uh, we issued an addendum to our all-of-court contractors who are doing the paving. Okay. Uh, and so they're going to um, take it out and patch it, replace those concrete panels. And, and I, I read your report, um, but I, I, I'm a little confused. What was it that you said was uh, they're going to be doing on – Poser and uh, Oak Crust and Mahaska. Um, who's proposing that to happen next year or the year after that? Uh, that? That's in our current budget. We have money targeted for replacement of arterial panels that fall apart, like the one on Melrose. So that's where that's from. And then we have items for replacement of uh, poor panels on local streets. So everything that's basically not Melrose and not Sunset. And so there's concrete panels that uh, basically have fallen apart over this last winter at the intersection of Kosher and Highland. And that's on the sidewalk? No, in the street, the street itself. Concrete panels in the street? Yeah, yep. Okay. Yep, and so some of those are being replaced. Uh, those, were, those were not in great shape, but after this winter, they really blew apart. You can see some of the rebar in one or two spots. Well, the the reason I wondered is uh, because uh, there's a segment of Coaster that doesn't have any curbs, and I think we've talked about it before. And yeah. if you know the the um, strategic plan has a uh, or the comprehensive plan has a a plan for when streets get replaced and and when what sidewalks have priority. But I was thinking on that Coaster segment, it needs it needs a lot of work, uh, and I wondered if you know if we're not kind of throwing good money after bad if if we just uh you know kind of fix it and, and we're we're actually going to do something more substantial a little bit further down the pike what are your thoughts on that um well to make sure we're talking about the same thing the location i'm talking about is not within that portion of Kosher. okay all right this is, uh, this is west of uh sunset street I, i'm sorry about that Kosher and Highland actually have two intersections now that I think about it. So this is the one west of Sunset. So okay. it's not, it is not this is, that What I'm talking about is east of Sunset. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Okay, so you need more input from us as to uh, what streets and what sidewalks um, ha should take priority. Is that is that pretty much uh, what you're thinking? Well, you know, on that section of Kosher that you mentioned, that that's correct. It, it would need a lot of work. Um, it would essentially need to be rebuilt. Yeah. Uh, similar to the Olive Court project. We've, we've looked at it over a number of years. You know, there's no easy way to just retrofit that street because of uh, how flat it is and how things drain and uh, the number of trees there. So yeah, yeah, that that's not a straightforward, easy. Uh, and, and I was wondering about sidewalks and, you know, sidewalks are, 
pretty politically volatile. I think, uh, you know, if, if uh, the community doesn't see a need for a particular sidewalk, they won't support it. But, you know, if you have um, a site, you know, if you've got the right of way, and it turns out that we've got the right of way uh, pretty much anywhere we want, we, you know, it's already there. But my, my um, thought is that um, the sidewalks they've recommended in the comprehensive plan, uh, they're not particularly strategic. Uh, have you ever, have you had the same feeling on it? Um, you know, I guess when, when you talk about sidewalks, the document I have saved that I've gone back to is the one that the MPO JC did a number of years back where they looked at which streets do and don't have sidewalks. And, and there are a lot of streets. Some of their recommendations. I see. Can, can you email me that uh, MPO? I can, yeah. That'd be, that'd be great. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Any other questions for Josiah? Uh, Josiah, I, I wanted also, I don't have a question for Josiah, but I see um, uh, Doug Swales isn't here yet, and I want to say that Doug, I've been working with Doug on, uh, on uh, tree removals for in the city right away that need to be removed because they're dangerous or totally dead. And there's five trees, and with the help of uh, David Bowes, who's uh, chair of the tree board, David was able to obtain um, um, estimates for removal of these trees. And uh, I, I met with the tree guy. The, there was only one bid. He put out five to five bids five different companies and only one company responded and I found out why today in talking to the arborist at the tree guys uh, he said all the tree people are swamped and I'm 13 weeks out but I have saved space to remove these trees and so we only received one bid and we're still getting bids but we have seven thousand dollars in the budget for uh, things like this in the city right away to remove. And so when, when the final uh, a number comes in, uh, we'll go ahead since it's a budgeted item and remove those trees from the city right away. There's five of them. And if you want more detail, you can let me know and I can explain that further. So uh, I wanted to let you know that. Um, so if there's not any more questions, we'll go on to, um, what's the next one? Building, Building zone and sanitation. Oh no, consideration Sitting. of pay application number two for the 2020 Olive Court Improvements Project. Now we did that under the warrants, correct, Josiah? Correct, yep. Okay, so that's taken care of. That was listed there. And um, yeah, the only follow-up I'd say to that is, uh, you know, again, we have we have a funding agreement with Iowa City to share costs, and also with Jeff Hendrickson, and uh, they both they both sent in their portion of their costs from the first pay up. Oh, good. About two months ago, so I'll send a similar invoice to both Jeff and the City of Iowa City 
uh, this week as well. So we don't need to consider this, Steve, then, or should we? We should probably do it just for consideration of pay application number two. I mean, it was, um, you know, listed in the warrants. But somehow I think we should uh, vote on this. Let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. Okay, so consideration of pay application number two for the 2020 Olive Court Improvement Project. Is there a motion? No motion. Motion by Bobby, is there a second? Second. Second by Sarah. Okay, discussion. Uh, roll call vote. Aye. Sullivan. Neuterman. Is it consideration? It's just consideration, there's no resolution. Okay, all in favor Never say aye. 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 Opposed say no. Thank you, carried. Okay, is that everything, Josiah? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, good job on uh, Olive Court, thank you. Um, building zoning and sanitation. Casey, uh, did you want to talk about anything here? Uh, yeah, a as you might guess, Louise, I do want to talk about something. Um, uh, I, I uh, um, am angling for a second meeting this month uh, in two weeks to firm up our our priorities and to uh, get them in synchrony with the uh, comprehensive plan and the um, visioning process that uh, Sarah participated in. As it turns out, I, I've been reviewing the general, uh, the comprehensive plan, and it, uh, it relies heavily on that uh, visioning process, so it's not like we have to uh, coordinate those two things. Um, but uh, things like the uh, uh, capital improvements. Um, I, I mean, I think that's a, a matter of setting priorities in and of itself, because I, I, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about a number of things in the comprehensive plan and, and what they've got uh, going there. But they also say that they want a five-year budget and um, they want a, uh, uh, you know, a comprehensive or a, uh, a capital improvements budget that, that, I don't know if we've got a capital improvements budget, but it's something that, that we can use. And we never seem to, you know, I, I think it was uh, Sylvia who said, we've been waiting 12 months or whatever for the, uh, to pass the ordinance 234, is that, is that the number? Um, yeah, and, and, uh, and, and I know you're working all the time and I know I'm retired and so I've got a little bit more time certainly than Bobby with his 1500 kids and uh, um, you know everybody else but but I, th I, th I don't think that um, uh, two meetings this month is too many and I think we can stand to get a lot accomplished and set some priorities for the rest of the year. When, so, when you say well, that I mean, you're talking yeah. about I'm sorry Casey to interrupt you uh, can I say something now I'm sorry yeah um, are you talking specifically about the goal setting session is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's part of it. Part of it? I, well, I the other part of it is, doesn't the goal setting session kind of have something to do with the comprehensive plan and the visioning statements? You know, and don't we kind of want to know what we want to accomplish uh, during our term? Those are the things that I'm, I'm citing now. Is that clear or no? 
Well, it's not real clear to me, but I want to make it more clear. And I want to tell you, if I can, I want to tell you some of my thoughts since we haven't talked about the goal setting session is, and my thought was instead of having a meeting, and I know you want to do more than just that at the meeting, but I thought we could all monthly talk about what we're working on and and also what we're assigning to personally what we want to take on which projects we want to take on and uh for example we set aside a little bit of time 15 minutes every month and talk about uh where we are with certain projects that we want to do i mean yeah i don't i don't my own opinion, I know we disagree on this, Louise, but I don't think that's adequate. Uh, you know, for example, uh, well, let's take the Swisher track. You know, the Swisher, Swisher track, I think it's relatively easy to put a uh, handicap accessible uh, trail in there where you can run strollers and wheelchairs and, and I can enjoy that, that area myself. But then... In order to, if we actually want to get a trail from there over to the uh, university's trail and across that university land and the in the in the uh, ravine and whatnot, in terms of expense and everything else, that's going to be a political pushback. That's going to be a much much tougher uh, segment, and it may not pass muster. But I don't think the relatively easy part of the trail should be held up indefinitely while we wait until we have the funds to, to cover that. Uh, the, uh, one way of putting this is perfect is the enemy of excellent. And I think if we're trying to be too perfect instead of breaking up these things uh, in component parts, you know, we're not going to make the kind of progress we want to make. And I think there's enough here to constitute having another meeting. If nobody wants another meeting, I'm okay with that. But I think that we're, we're going to be slogging, slogging along and we'll accomplish a whole lot less than if we did have the meeting and be more focused. Uh, so, I want to yeah. respond to that, Casey, if I can. Uh, like the Swisher track, now I don't have the goals right in front of me, but I propose that we hire a landscape architect and we go through this process and get public input and work towards that and it was going to take you know till next you know through next summer and i've already been